Welcome to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. With an incredible lineup of speakers, you'll dive deep into the relationship between social enterprise and faith. You'll learn about the economic impact of churches and how to pitch your community of faith to form new partnerships. Hopeful Economics is a way of looking at the world of assets in abundance and making them work for everyone. This content originated from the Hopeful Economics Unconference, a virtual event in March of 2021. Mark your calendars for March 3rd and 4th of 2022 to participate in the next Hopeful Economic Unconference. Understanding God's Economy. Money is one of the most common topics in the Bible. In this introductory session, you will hear about the important linkages and the theological underpinnings of money. The economy and existing systems aren't perfect, yet there are some important tools that can be considered differently to support social justice and equity in the world. The Reverend Dr. Patrick Garnett Dugan is an ordained clergy person in the United Church of Christ, senior pastor of the Congregational Church of South Hempstead United Church of Christ, where he has led sustained membership growth and missional vitality for over 25 years. Since 2012, Dr. Dugan has also served as Executive Director of the United Church of Christ Church Building and Loan Fund. Now, it's not the idea, and I don't want to get just in, in, get in, in, in your thinking, the idea that I'm advocating <clears throat> that God's economy is in opposition to global, to the global, global economy. And, and that is really not it. The fact of the matter is, if you were to think of it in its true way, the global economy focused on wealth generation is a part, a small part of God's economy. Because the scripture says the earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to God. And so God's economy does not stand in opposition to wealth generation. It puts wealth generation in perspective. Yes, Uh, because we hold certain things as true from a Christian perspective, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. There are no externalities in God's economy. Everything is is important. Everything has a, 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 a place and a purpose. Um, and one of the goals of the church is to advance this idea of God's economy coming, the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. We pray it every day in the Lord's prayer that earth should have the righteousness and all of the makings of what makes up heaven. Uh, and, and, and these are things that we hold true, that the church is a movement toward that. And, and, and that movement was defined by uh, uh, the one who inaugurated this season of the coming kingdom, which was Jesus in his announcement to uh, the, in the temple uh, in Luke 4, 18 and 19. It, 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 I argue that the 
the first thing is important, right? The first thing that Jesus said was a definition of why he came to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim that the captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will set be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor. This is a key statement in how Jesus frames what God's economy is all about. Another one is this idea in Matthew 28 of making disciples, that we who understand what this God's plan is are to share it with others so that others can implicate it as well. <clears throat> and that there is a not an exhaustive list, but an array of need that Jesus was focused on <clears throat> in inaugurating this coming kingdom uh, outlined in Matthew 25. For I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty. You gave me to drink. Hmm, interesting. I wanted water at that point. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked. <clears throat> you gave me clothing, sick and in prison. You visited me. This in, in this parable, Jesus frames that if you to do, are to do this to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you do it for me. It's a clear statement of Jesus' aim and expectation of those who follow. And this is not foreign to religion, this idea that of caring for all of the world. In fact, it, it religion as a whole, Christianity and other religions, have has always been about the fact of the economy being bigger than wealth generation. And in fact, in its, the religion has always stood for this from its perspective as a powerful economic being. being. Uh, here I'm quoting uh, 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 the Zug guidelines for faith consistent investment, uh, uh, faith in finance, a book that was written a few years ago. I had an opportunity to write a chapter for it that looked at the ways that religions around the world have handled and 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 uh, understood wealth, the idea that uh, uh, the faiths have a long-term perspective, um, and have always been a powerful economic being. Uh, there's been the wisdom of religions, and secondly, there is the business of religions. And what does that mean? Well, there was a study uh, about five years ago. Uh, that uh, uh, tracked uh, the annual revenue of, of religion in the United States, right? In 2016, and found out the annual revenue, this includes Christianity and all other religions, was $1.2 trillion annually. Annual. That's more than Google and Apple combined, and I think it was the top 10 technology companies. So this notion of religion and money being kind of at odds is, is the false narrative. In fact, religion is a powerful economic being. Religion owns 8% of the land in the world, 5% of commercial forests, half of schools, more uh, uh, TV and radio stations than all of the economic union. Uh, we're a huge publisher, more books, newspapers, and journals than any other network. 10% of the world's total financial investment, 10% of that $360 trillion is held by religion. Hmm? We're the fourth largest group of investors. So when you talk about religion, uh, 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 we're supposed to be in this conversation. And, and shame on us if we shy away from it, right? 
because religions have steered people through wars, ecological collapse, civil wars, famine, drought, plight, plague, uh, terror, good opportunities, hope, and despair over a millennia. In other words, we have been there. We created banks. <laughs> we created, uh, we, we, we are great, 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 great grandfather to all industry. And we, there's certain wisdom within religion about what wealth should do that we need to reclaim. And yet, what we spend a lot of time on here in the United States, and I think in Canada too, is how, especially in the church, how we're losing influence, how we're losing ground. This is a, another internet meme that demonstrates when these denominations in the United States would be completely gone based on the st statistics reported in, uh, in uh, each of all of us do our annual um, count of churches, members, all that kind of stuff. And when I found it, it was kind of chilling because I've now been talking about this for 10 years and we're now 10 years closer in the United Church of Christ to uh, we're about 30 years out, about 20 years out from not being around, according to these statistics. I haven't fact checked them. But the fact of the matter is, whether or not the exact dates are true, uh, what we're, what, what is also, what is true is that we are very concerned about the, the state of the church in terms of our numbers. But should we be? One of the things that we at the Church Building and Loan Fund think about is that we're, we've been called as a ministry to leverage our assets for mission. That's, that's how uh, the founding of this church happened, of this, this fund organization within the church has happened in 1853. Uh, uh, they put together uh, about $60,000, which would be about two and a half, two and three quarter million today, and said, we're going to use that to build churches on the western frontier of the church at that time, which was in Ohio, which is about mid-country. There was no nothing west of Ohio in 1853 as far as the United States of America. And so the idea was, let's take our assets to expand the church, to do the mission of the church, to leverage our assets for mission. And to deploy those assets so that they could be advanced the church. Um, and so we today, uh, have, have, uh, rethought that idea and, and, and into this idea of helping the church live into God's economy, transforming communities and our country by living into God's economy. It's a different thinking from this idea of death, right? Because God's got assets. And if with all these assets, should we be standing around thinking about how awful it's going to be when we're all gone? Or should we have a different thought? Um, uh, and this is where you come in. We've talked about God's economy. We talked about the global economy. And I'm speaking now to those of you who we call spiritual entrepreneurs and others might call social entrepreneurs. Um, the only distinction is one has, has a religious aspect of their mission. But this statement from Bill Drayton certainly applies to both the, the core psychology, the inner thinking of a social entrepreneur is someone who cannot come to rest in a very deep sense until he or she has changed the pattern in an area of social concern all, all across society. 
Oh, I'm, I, I, I resonate. My, my spirit resonates with this idea, this burn, a, a desire that we have internally to change the pattern in this particular area. And, and, and that's what I believe God has called you. You social entrepreneurs, you spiritual entrepreneurs out there. He's, these are the 24, uh, uh, spiritual entrepreneurs that we've identified and supported and equipped and, and helped so far through uh, the church building and loan funds, a fellows program, right? A well, uh, renewing God's mission, renewing mission for God's economy. Um, um, this, uh, program, uh, has, uh, uh, been a blessing, I believe, in the lives of these 24. We're about to open our third class. That's what Edge is all about. That's what Carla Leon and, and the team at United Church of Canada has done for many more years. We've only been at this about three years. Uh, they've been at it for more years. And I understand there are hundreds of spiritual and social entrepreneurs. And I think this is, so deeply biblical uh, in the New Testaments that, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said, God has called some prophets, some teachers, some givers, some administrators, some speakers of many languages. Well, I think God has also called field builders and pioneers like these entrepreneurs and like you. And of course, how, how are you going to make that happen? Well, here's it is. People of faith believe that a new paradigm is emerging. A new way of being is emerging. And we've talked about it. This New Testament prophecy that reveals that, uh, um, that, that in the end, and I'm talking about revelation, the, 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 the world as is, is going to pass away and a new heaven and a new earth, earth is going to replace it. This is the full uh, uh, um, uh, 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 um, the, the culmination of all time, which results in the entire planet governed by God's economy. This was at the core of Jesus' mission. This is what he said he was bringing in his statement, uh, in his why, which he expressed in Luke 4. And as stewards of God's wealth, the way we apply this idea is not bemoaning death, but to multiply it. 30, 60, or 100 fold. And we do that through creative justice making. I love this uh, graphic. This is a, a graphic, again, found online. It's a course called Social Innovation. <laughs> uh, I don't know where it is. It was a course somewhere that somebody called Graham Dover had in 2009. But I love the meme because it shows, if you will, uh, the how do you move from solving social problems and creating novel solutions. And he shows a pathway of transformation. That is the calling for those of us who feel that burn to change the paradigm in a certain field of endeavor. That is what we're called to do as God's co-creators. We begin this task of redeeming the global economy to restore it to its rightful place within God's household rules because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we do this by creating scalable ventures to, to counter systemic poverty and to help God the communities live into God's economy based on our core values. And through theology, practice, and community, we co-mission others. That's part of what I'm 
doing today in this presentation to enroll you into this thinking that wealth can be used to advance deep uh, uh, um, uh, and powerful uh, mission. Uh, mission. So the charge to you is to resolve to transform the world through your social enterprise uh, uh, and through uh, uh, designing a, a, a business that has mission baked in. And to be a good business person, you want a robust, sustainable enterprise, uh, be it a church, a nonprofit, or a for-profit business based on metrics. You don't want to just go out there and say, you know, I'm going to uh, do a great work and sell a lot of these things or help a lot of people, but you want to have a a, 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 a a plan for how you're going to do that based on impact metrics using a a, 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 a template like the sustain, UN Sustainable Development Goals, uh, a global plan to end poverty in all forms everywhere. 17 goals. Uh, organizations around the planet and I know some of you are familiar with this, are developing all kinds of businesses, for-profits and non-profits to advance some portion of these goals in their business model. This is what it's all about. To summarize it, for those of you who are Christians, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God first and everything else will be added unto you. I would substitute the 21st century idea of God's economy in that uh, thinking, seek God's economy first and God will give you everything you need. I pray that you learned something today in this presentation. I thank you for your time and love to hear your thoughts. Um, please email me at duganp at ucc dot o-r-g d-u-g-g-a-n-p at u-c-c dot o-r-g i hope you all have enjoy the rest of this unconference thanks for listening to the hopeful economics podcast a ministry of the united church of canada proudly supported by mission and service and new church ministry of the christian church disciples of christ in the united states and canada the Hopeful Economics Podcast is produced by Resonate Media. In the spirit of the unconference, we'd love to invite you into the conversation. Subscribe, review, and comment on our social media channels. A special thank you to those that partnered to make the Hopeful Economics possible. 1001 Worshiping Communities, Alterna, Buy Social, Faith and Finance, Metcalf Foundation, United Church of Christ, Rooted Good, Toronto Neighborhood Centers, Community Innovation Hub, and learn about Resonate Media at ResonateMediaPro.com. Thanks for listening and continue to share the blessings of health and wealth with everyone.